and welcome to the Live Point Podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. We hope you're inspired by this message. How you doing? Everybody good? You guys awake? Praise God, and thank you for being here in the house today. It's exciting. We're going to wrap up this series, Lord willing, today, The Usual Suspects. But let me just take a couple minutes and um, kind of just bring you back around. I'm excited about that Palm Sunday service outside. All right, but let me just set some expectations for you. I like it. We have three services on Sunday. They're all great services. They're all just a little bit different. Theoretically, they're the same, same music, same message, but they just have a little bit different character about them, and that's fine. So when we all come together, it's something really special, and that's going to be a day. But I want to, again, set some expectations for you. It's going to be crowded. I know we're outside, so that's good, but traffic is going to be bad. So give yourself a little space. Be kind to each other. Right? We'll probably have a police officer out there, not to prevent you guys from fighting, hopefully, but <laughs> to prevent the traffic jam, we'll just open up that space and it'll be good. But I just want to set that expectation for you. As they said, bring your own chair. It's going to be a ton of fun. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to get our hearts right. We're trying to get our minds right, that we would actually extend some invitation to all of Homestead, right? Nobody got excited about people meeting Jesus. I'm the only one excited about that. Anybody excited about people meeting Jesus? That's why we do this, right? So what we want to do is we want to get you more excited, apparently, and hopefully Palm Sunday will help with that. We've been saying each one bring one. That's great. We should always be bringing people to Jesus, not necessarily to church. That's great, but to, to Jesus all throughout the week. And what I love about it is, you've heard me say this before, is like, I, I'm an on-ramp to Jesus for people. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach the gospel, not just here on Sundays, but throughout the week and minister to people, and we lead people to Jesus throughout the week, and it's very exciting but we don't need one on-road to Jesus. And when we activate, we'll have more than a 1,000 on-roads to Jesus for, throughout the week. If everybody here would share the gospel. What? That's crazy, right? When you've heard me say this before, if each one really will bring one, if every one of you brought somebody next week, we wouldn't have enough chairs. If we did that in two weeks, two weeks in a row... Like, we'd be like, what? <laughs> like, what are, what are we going to do? But guess what? We'll figure that out if you guys will do the invitation. And we know, we know statistics tell us, all the research from Barna and all these other places will tell us that 80% of people will come to church on Easter if you invite them. 80%. All you got to do is open your mouth and say, hey, you want to come to church? And people will probably come with you. That's incredible opportunity. If you got your Bibles, turn over to the book of Luke, the Gospel of Luke. It's in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark. Luke, the third one in the New Testament, and we're going we're gonna to dive in here and start in verse 22 in just a minute, but I want to talk to you today as we finish this series about the topic of fear. Now, this message today is going to be very simple. It's really just a reminder that, that God is with us, right? We know at Christmas time, we always talk about Emmanuel. We have children in this church named Emmanuel. It means God with us. He is with you. And some of you need to be reminded because everybody in this last season has had things come our way, things we didn't ask for, storms, calamities, situations, problems, circumstances that were out of our control. Some of them were in our control. We just put ourselves in bad situation. I was always growing up and hearing this question asked to me, and probably some of you have heard the question many times in your life, if you knew you couldn't fail, what would you do? What would you try? What would you try to accomplish? And more specifically, if you knew you couldn't fail, how many people would you reach for Jesus? 
right? There's something inside of us. There's this, this thing inside of us that causes a little bit of fear. It's the fear of rejection. And, and you know that it's not really you that's being rejected. It's, it's Jesus who's being rejected when we open our mouth. But somehow we let that transfer to us and said, they're rejecting me and they're not rejecting you. But this fear comes up over the top of us. And I know everybody here is afraid of something, right? Some of you are afraid of snakes. Any snake fearing people? Like, I'm, I'm afraid of snakes, right? And you shouldn't raise your hands because the worst thing you can do about a fear is tell people you have one because then they exploit it, right? And they, like, send snakes your way. I remember I was at youth camp one year, and everybody knew I was afraid of snakes. And some boys, being boys, found a snake, and they were just kicking it around in the circle. And I was afraid of snakes, so I was standing outside of the circle. Well, this boy kicked it, but it hung on his shoe and somehow, of course, landed on my shoulder, Right? Yeah, that's exactly what I did. Uh, you know, just melted right there. I thought, I'm going to die right now from this snake. And it was just a little garden snake. But, you know, I've learned to, to kind of control those things. There's all kinds of fears. Anybody know what trisodecophobia is? Trisodecophobia is the fear of the number 13. It's an irrational fear, I think, right? Some people are just very, oh, spooky, right? Some hotels say, we don't have a 13th floor. And I say, yes, you do. You just call it the 14th floor. It's still the 13th floor in the building, right? It still exists as the 13th floor. There's another, another phobia, right, that some of you might have. That's coulrophobia. That's the fear of clowns. <laughs> some of you have fear of clowns. And clowns are supposed to be fun. They're supposed to be exciting. Children's birthday parties. And then Stephen King writes a book. It becomes a movie and terrifies the whole world. <laughs> and we're now all afraid of clowns, right? Last one I'll mention is Taijin Kuyofusho. It's a Japanese phrase. And it's a strange fear. It's actually a social fear that you were afraid of offending somebody. Now, we don't have that problem here in South Florida. <laughs> We're like, I hope you get offended, right? <laughs> it's like, we don't have that issue, but they're apparently a lot politer than we are. Fear is a powerful thing, right? It's just crazy, the fear of rejection, getting hurt, failure, economy, family, life, death, public speaking, all of these things, and some of them are illegitimate, and some of them are legitimate, right? And we're called over and over again in Scripture not to fear. You've probably heard the acronym for fear that's false evidence appearing real. Well, sometimes there's evidence that is real. Like you've ever been almost drowned before, which we'll see in the story today, then you know that's a terrifying thing. And it's very, very scary. And it's so scary that people just go into straight panic mode and they will just about beat somebody to death who's trying to save them. It's just like you can actually have two people that drown. One person's trying to save somebody who's drowning. It's a dangerous thing to enter into saving somebody. So maybe it is real. Maybe it's not just this fake thing. Maybe you have an irrational fear that you need to deal with. I've seen a lot of people in this season afraid. And what we talked about last week is, is part continuous today that we would say, man, there's a rhythm to God's heart. There is a, a track, a pace that he wants you to run with. And maybe, just maybe... That fear is preventing you from doing that. Maybe I want to preach the gospel. I feel like I'm supposed to preach the gospel, but I'm afraid. Now, if you're like me, one of the only ways I know how to, how to deal with fear is to run into it. And I just think that's the best way, that we would confront the fear, that we would go after it. Because a lot of times, 
It's just not as big as we thought it was. You know what I mean? If you've ever done that, I've just run into fear my whole life. I've just always done that. I've kind of was an adrenaline junkie when I was a kid. I've river rafted and I've kayaked big rivers and almost drowned a couple times. I like that kind of stuff. I just go into it. But it doesn't mean that those, those dangers aren't real. Sometimes they're real. Again, sometimes they're irrational. But what I want is us to move forward as people, as disciples, as Christ followers, that we would actually not just believe, but we would start acting like we believe that God is with us. Anybody acting like that these days? Like, yes, there's this. Yes, there's that. But there is a God who loves me. He's on my side. He is protecting me. And it's beautiful. And I lean into that. I'm going to catch you up just the context of this, this passage. Jesus has been teaching. He's taught a lot of parables coming into this, and parables are just these stories that he used to teach. But what we understand about this as we read through the rest of chapter 8 is that they're on mission. You understand that Jesus is always on mission, right? The question is, are you going to be on mission with him? At a very young age, he understood when, he, when his parents left him at the temple, he said, I must be about my father's business. That's the mission. The mission is always the father's business. You better get on board with the father's business. Jesus was. Now he had these people with him, his disciples, these men that he called. Some were fishermen, some were doctors, some were tax collectors. And he, they literally left everything to follow Jesus. They went with him. They traveled with him. And now they're doing the very, very same. And so we pick up in verse 22. And it says this, it says, one day, Jesus said to the disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. And so they got into the boat and they started out. Now, this is a command of Jesus. And what you have to learn is that he has spoken through his word. Some of you are waiting for the audible voice of God, which you may never hear. I've never heard the audible voice of God, but I feel his prompting and his leading every single day as I read his word, as I pray, as I listen. Sometimes I talk, I'm doing better at listening, right? And he's speaking and he's leading me, he's guiding me, he's directing me in this season. And it's been beautiful. I've never felt closer to God in my life. I really have. Some of you have experienced that in this season. Others of you feel like he's like, where are you? Why can't I feel anything? And just maybe it's not him, it's you. When Jesus is saying to his disciples, he commands them, hey, get in the boat, we're going somewhere. We're going out onto the lake. We're going to go to the other side. It's on mission. So this is the command of Jesus. And so what did they do? They got into the boat and they started out. It says they set out in one version. Some of you have heard God. Somebody has spoken to you. you, you feel like God is prompting you to a certain ministry, to do a certain thing, and you have yet to set out. The boat's sitting there. The command has been given to you, and you have yet to get in the boat and start moving towards him. And you have to ask yourself why. Is it fear? Is it you're just wait, like I'm just waiting for everything to be perfect? Guess what? It's never going to be perfect, right? I'm just waiting for the right amount of money. Well, that's not going to be there. I'm waiting for the, the right network of people. I'm waiting for, for no resistance. All of those things are never going to be in place, right? They can come, of course, but they're probably not because God wants you to move at his voice no matter what. So what are you doing to overcome the fear to be obedient to God? What are you doing? My guess is that probably a lot of you are just holding back. You're like in a holding pattern, waiting for movement in your life. And God's waiting on you. He's ready to go. Verse 23 says, as they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. That probably bothers some of you. I thought Jesus never slept. <laughs> no, he slept and he bled. 
he sweat, and he did all the things that all of us do, except sin. He lived a perfect life. He modeled a perfect life for us. But it says here that he settled down for a nap. But soon a fierce storm came down the lake, and the boat was filling with water, and they were in real danger. Let's pray for a moment. Father, thank you for the chance to be here today to open up your word. God, it is not promised to us that we have a nice sanctuary and soft seats and air conditioning. And that we have access to hold your word in our hands. What a gift it is. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us through your word today. Use me to speak from your heart to the heart of this church. And that we will leave here very different. Empowered, strengthened, unafraid, with holy boldness to share your love with the world. We honor and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's the situation. They're in the boat at the command of Jesus, right? They're moving. They've walked with him. They're getting better, right? Some of you are getting better at moving at the voice of God. He says, go. You're like, okay, I'm going to go. I don't understand everything, but I just know that you're with me, and so I'm going at this. This is what happened, and so Jesus is now sleeping. Well, good for Jesus, right? Some of you can sleep on a boat. I can't, right? The, the ocean is scary to me. Anybody scared of the ocean? Like, I'll go out there, I'll go out in a boat, I go swimming at the boat, but the first time you're in the ocean and you just wade out a little too far and that wave picks you up and carries you like 10 feet and you go into emergency doggy paddle mode, right? You know what I'm talking about. People are panicking, aren't doing this. They're like, oh, you know, I just got to get to shore, make it happen. Somebody, right? It's like looking for something, gasping for air. That, that shredding of water is a, is a scary thing and you ingest some of it, right? It'll make you sick. Right? I was out surfing one time. I'm going to chase this rabbit because it's a funny story. Um, I moved to Palm Beach Gardens, and my friend, who is a great, he's a really good surfer. He's like, I'm going to teach you how to surf. I was like, cool. Well, man, I like to surf. That's cool. So I go out there, and it's hard. If you've ever surfed, it's just hard. I mean, they make it look cool right there, but it's just a lot of paddling, and it's just exhausting just to catch one wave, right? We're out there, and I finally done pretty good, and we're sitting out there. And this is Palm Beach Gardens, and I don't know much about the ocean yet because I was coming from Minnesota. I'm a Midwest boy, so I don't know anything about the creatures that are lurking in the dark. But we're sitting out there just kind of resting, and I see a nice big fin come by. And he's like, yeah, that's, that's not a reef shark. That's what he said. I'm like, well, what does that mean? Like, uh, of course, I've seen movies, right? <laughs> Jaws became a reality for a minute. I literally looked at the shark and that joker caught a wave. And by the time I turned around, he was on shore. <laughs> and I'm sitting out there with this, with jaws, right, just waiting to be eaten. I didn't even know. Like, I couldn't catch a wave. I was terrified. And it just became a reality to me that I thought I was going to die. But that wasn't the reality. I was going to be okay. We know that most of the time they're not going to bother you. But it seemed real. And I guess there was in some degree some real danger. That was the situation for these guys. It didn't say that they had blown this out of proportion in their mind. It didn't say that the wind was kind of hard and it was a little tough. No, it says the water was filling their boat and they were in real danger. Some of you have been in real danger this last season. Right? Some of you have lost friends and family. Some of you have recently been given bad reports from the doctor. Right? And that, that's, a, that's a real thing. That's not made up. That's something you have to deal with in your 
life. But we have to learn to take things as they come and start having faith in Jesus Christ because he's still able. God is still able. He hasn't lost his ability to reach down in your situation, right? And so somewhere along the line, we've gotten a little bit soft. I've had to touch on this subject a lot lately because it's true. I really believe it. It's like, what are we, what are we doing? And here, here's the problem is that we live, it's, it's, it's a great thing, but it's also a problem that we live in this amazing country. It's an amazing country, right? The vast majority of our health problems are because we have too much food. That's a crazy thing, right? Other people in the world are literally like, what are we, I'm gonna, I got to hike, my kids are hiking down to the water, so that we go there and all this dirty water with all these waterborne illnesses in there, just waiting these parasites to infect them and to kill them, and we have toilet water that is drinkable? This is crazy, right? And, 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 and yet we just take this food in and we kill us, and somewhere along the line, we, we, we just haven't met much adversity until now, and it's like, whoa, this is a lot. This is a lot. And I, I, I'm not picking on you if you haven't faced much adversity. I'm just saying that's the reality. People are living longer than they've ever lived. That's why COVID was, was such a big shakeup to us. You know, back in the day, people just didn't live that long. But as people live longer and longer, I know a bunch of people who've never been to a funeral. We do funerals for people, and people just devastated that their grandparents pass away. And I'm, I hate it. I hate losing. I've lost all my grandparents. It's a very, very tough thing. But guess what? If people live long enough, they will pass. It shouldn't be shocking to us. It should be shocking when our kids pass, right? When people are being murdered down the street. That should shock us. But even then, we like, oh, I'm going to turn a blind eye to that. Those are things that are preventable for us, and we, we should do something about. If we live long enough, we will pass, and it's challenging. But much, much of us have not faced, many of us have not faced too much adversity. Now, they are heading to a place where Jesus is going to do some real kingdom work in a demon-possessed man. Read the rest of the chapter when you get home today. They're going to deal with the demon-possessed man. He's going to get healed. This is kingdom work. And any time that you are off to do kingdom work, you better get ready for a storm. Right? Oh, you thought it was going to be okay. You thought, I'm like, I'm setting out for Jesus and everything is going to be smooth and it's going to be like paved road all the way. No. Who said that? What gospel are you reading? That's, that's, that's just not it. You need to get ready for some storms, but you also need to have the resolve to believe that God is going to be with you in the storms because he never promised that it was going to be smooth. He said, I will be with you. I will be with you. Verse 24 says, the disciples went and woke him up. He's just sleeping away in the middle of a storm. They're shouting, Master. Master, teacher, rabbi, we're, we're going to drown, right? And some of you feel like that right now. Right now, you literally feel like, I'm financially drowning. I'm drowning in my relationship. I'm drowning in society. I'm overrun. I can't do it. The anxiety, the anger, the frustration. I hate people. I don't want to go anymore. And you, you're treading water, and you're like taking on the water of life, and you're like, I'm not sure I'm going to make it. There's people in this room right now that are ready to quit. I just know that by statistics. I'm not a prophet. I just know that. You're, ready. You're done. You're like, I, can't. I don't want to do it anymore. And, and I'm, I'm looking at you going like, hey, you're here. 
you're here today to hear this message, that if you will just understand, if you have moved at the voice of God, then he is in your boat. He is in your boat. And how you react in tough times matters. It matters. We know nobody wants to follow people who panic all the time. Every time something gets tough, you just panic and you fall apart. That's why there's hierarchy in the military and in the police department, things like that, because these people are battle-tested. You know what I mean? They're battle-tested. They've been through some battles. They've got some scrapes. They've got some scars. They've been shot up in life a few times, and they understand. It's like, hey, I might bleed a little bit in this battle with the Lord, but I'm not going to die. He's got me. I'm moving forward, and this is kingdom stuff that is happening. How you react in tough times matters. Look at the second half of that verse. It says, when Jesus woke up to their whining and crying, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves. And suddenly, the storm stopped, and all was calm. And there's such a, just that, just the word calm. Is it just feels distant for some of you. It's because it's just so stormy, it's so big, everything's so chaotic, right? And when you're in the middle of it, you're in the middle of it. It's hard, it's hard to experience that, but you know, what? Just calm? This, this guy right here, and he, he does this? Listen, I want you to understand, some of your storms are, again, they're very big, and they're very real. I'm not I'm not discounting them. I'm not taking anything away from what you're going for. I just want you to know that there is no storm in life that can't be calmed by the Lord. There is no storm in your life, no doctor's report, no financial relationship turmoil. None of that can outweigh or outpower the power of God. He cares very much for you. Come on, give it up for somebody. And I read, I read this this week, and I thought this was so powerful that the wind, and some theologian was writing about this, he said the wind and the waves, they have ears. They have ears. Your, your storms have ears, but check this out. They only listen to the voice with kingdom authority. That's the only thing they listen to. Yes, you have access to that. You have that in you. And if you don't, you have access to it. The, the problem is we don't use it. That's why I said how you react matters in your tough circumstances. When things come your way, it's like, okay, I told you last week, I will bear what I have to bear. The cross that comes my way that, that is mine and I have to drink of that cup. I will drink it, and I will keep moving with the Lord, knowing he's with me. But the things that are not for me, the, the plans of the enemy and him trying to hang me up, I will not carry that stuff. I will not carry it in my heart. I will not carry it in my mind. The bitterness, the rage, the unforgiveness, the anger, the anxiety from this stuff in the world, I'm not going to deal with that. I'm going to let God have all of that, and I'm going to move towards him. doesn't matter. doesn't matter what it is. God is bigger. There's no situation. You might think he's, he's so far away. I don't, like, I don't know. I'm drowning here. God, are you there? And his, his arm is not short. The word tells us his, his arm is not short. It's there, but they're listening. Your storms are listening. But what are they hearing from you? Are they hearing a voice of spiritual authority? Are they hearing, are they hearing a voice that has been connected with God? Are they, are they hearing a, from a, a man or a woman of faith? Who is it? Who is, who is speaking out? 
Verse 25 says, then he asked them, and this is the title of the message today, where is your faith? Where is your faith? The people who have experienced, the ones that I mentioned before, like they, they've been through some things, and a lot of times they're like, to the younger people, like, hey, it's going to be okay. Right? They have to calm the younger ones down. It's like, oh, you know, what are we going to do? Right? Anybody ever seen Band of Brothers? Captain Winters, who later, and this is based on a true story of the guys who parachuted into Normandy and went all the way and, and liberated Germany. And, and praise God for those guys who fought hard. My grandfather was one of those guys. And I'm thankful for them. But Captain Winters, who later got the Congressional Medal of Honor, there's one point in the movie where his, one of his guys comes to him and he says, remember they, paratru- they, they parachuted into France, right? That was these guys. And it says, he says, he comes in and he says, Captain Winters, we're surrounded. And he's a legend already. He's already elevated. He's been through some really hard battles. He's seasoned. He's battle tested. And this is how he responds. He says, we're paratroopers. We're supposed to be surrounded. If you will let that set in for a second, sometimes it feels like you are surrounded. Guess what? If you are on mission for God and you parachuted behind enemy lines and you are trying to save some souls and liberate people and snatch souls from the devil and from hell, you're going to be surrounded sometimes. But God is with you. And the question is, where is your faith? Where is it? And it says the disciples were terrified and amazed. Who is this man? They ask each other. When he gives a command, even the wind and the waves obey him. Listen, your fear is competing with your faith. Your fear is competing with your faith. Who is winning? Who is winning? Only you know the answer to that, right? But there is a competition. There is a war going on. And you need to understand it if you will settle and if you will embrace this. Jesus rebuked the storm. He rebuked them for their lack of faith. He, he, he was the one who told them to get in the boat. He said, we're going across to the other side. And how quickly we forget that it was God who called us to something at the first sign of adversity. The first sign. Right? We step out, oh, it's, it's hard. I don't know. I don't know if we can get it. We quit. You know how many ministries fail because people don't have the initiative, they don't have the fortitude, they don't have enough drive and the umph and the stick to to say, hey, I've met a little resistance, but I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to keep pushing. I told you last week that push, I press towards the mark. Stand firm. Don't be tossed about by life. This is all through the Bible that we would be anchored in God. You, you think God left you? Does it say anywhere? Does it say anywhere that God is going to leave you? So why do we get that feeling? Do you think that feeling's from God? No, it's from the devil. He's a liar. God has not left you, and he's not planning on leaving you. He can't leave you. He is God with us. His whole plan is to commune with us. That's his whole plan. He creates, you've heard me say this a few weeks ago, he creates the, the, the Garden of Eden. This is God. He's always fine in eternity by himself. But he creates the garden of Eden, creates Adam, creates Eve, right? And he just walks with them. He just talks with them. That's all God wants to do with you. Hang out with you and we make it all weird. 
Why do we do that? And, and of course, we messed it up. And I know we would pick on Adam and Eve, but we messed it up. And we messed it up today. And he says, cool, I still want to hang out with you. And so here's my plan. Uh, Moses, come here. I'm going to use you to liberate the people out of Israel. And I have a plan. And here, build a tabernacle so they can come in and commune with me. Hang out with me. Right? There's, got to, there's a standard to this thing. Right? And we messed that up too. Right? So... There's a, there's a point in Deuteronomy, which I finished a few weeks ago, but he's given the law to Moses. It's the second law. Moses is given it after the, the Ten Commandments and Exodus and everything. They come back around, and he's given it to him again, and he's showing him. He's saying, hey, you guys got to do better than your parents did. You got to do better. I just want to hang out with you. You got to get it right. And he says they were terrified. They watch Moses go to Mount Sinai. He's up on the mountain. It says there were rolls of thunder and crashes of lightning. I mean, can you imagine looking up and then like Moses is up there? That's God's presence. That's scary. Right? They were afraid because they weren't right. It's like, don't even touch the mountain. Put a, put a barrier around it. Don't even think about getting that close because you'll be dead. You'll be dead. And God sees that that wasn't the perfect way. So he sends his son Jesus to become the perfect sacrifice. So there is no more place that only one person can go or a few people can go, but everybody's welcomed in, right? Jesus dies on the cross. He's raised in total victory for us. And people like Thomas and like me sometimes go, is that real? Is that real? Are you you sure? And Jesus is like, come here, Thomas. Come here, Richard. Feel, Feel me. Commune with me. Hang out with me. Experience my presence. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I've I've got you. It's a beautiful thing. Deuteronomy 31 says, be strong and good courage. Do not fear for the Lord, your God, who goes with you. God's with you. This isn't about navigating fear, right? This is about letting your faith trump your fear and moving at the voice of God, moving in total obedience. Listen, real quick. 2 Timothy 1.7 says that, that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. Or one version says self-control, that you would control this thing, that you get a hold, that you would capture every thought, that you would use the, the weapons of God's warfare to tear down the strongholds in your life, that you would fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So the question is, do you feel powerful? Fear is a spirit. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. Do you feel powerful? Of love? Do you feel loved by Jesus? Is Jesus in your boat? Right? And a sound mind, do you have that? Because that's what you're supposed to have. And anything else and anything that's coming your way that is trying to destroy that is not from God. It's from the devil. And he's trying to distract us. And I know, I know, I know some of you have been given some tough stuff. It's been a tough season for you. But I want to tell you this, and I'm going to have you stand in just a minute. Listen, stop bowing to fear. Fear is no longer the idol in your life. Fear is no longer your God. It stops today. Anybody with me on that? Anybody with me on that? Would you stand with me in this place today?
were given a communion cup. Just grab that. I'm going to tell you why you're practice open communion here at LifePoint. And what that means is you don't have to be a member of this body, this community, but you do need, listen, very very carefully, I say this every time, you do need to be a member of the body of Christ. Raise your hand if you need one. If you didn't get one, we have a couple people walking around here. So what what does that mean? It means if, if you don't believe what we're talking about here, if you don't believe that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you've never asked him and you don't want to, I'm going to ask that you would just This is the serious business of heaven. This is about communion. This is God wanting to be with you. Thank you for tuning into today's podcast. If you want more information about LifePoint or want to get in contact with us, please visit us at www.lpc.is. We hope you have an awesome week. Grace and peace.